Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just feel somebody still just wants to shout real loud before I start teaching. Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we love you. These finite bodies cannot contain the infinite glory of God. This earth can contain the infinite glory of God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Father, you are bigger than we know. Bigger than we know. God is bigger than we know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bigger than we know. Bigger than we can even conceive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. We all said amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I'm so excited to be here. And uh, Don, Pastor Don and, and Jeff are ministering in Mexico. I was really fortunate to get my grandson to come here. I said, please, I'm your grandma. <laughs> but he's a blessing and uh, has surely has a gift from God. And so we're thankful for that. So I, um, I have, as I said earlier, 13 grandchildren. And uh, Taylor is um, kind of in the middle, I guess. And... Um, He's just been a blessing in my life. And he, um, I get to hear him practice, so I'm really thankful for that. But the last two years have been on a real journey for him because, you know, the message today is entitled The Voice. And Taylor has tried out audition for The Voice. And so he made it. And, you know, that is a really big deal because there's hundreds of thousands of people all over that try out for that. And then they make it to the blind auditions. And then they call your number and his number wasn't called because they'd already filled their team. So we were all just, you know, oh, disappointed. But, you know, we just know that God is still working out a great plan in his life. And so we're thankful for that. And so, uh, you know, I just had thought about that, that there's just a, something in the tone of his voice that when he sings, if he were even singing in here at the back of the room, I could pick his voice out because it has just a certain tone and a timbre to it that I would recognize. And, and, uh, This week I had my two little grandchildren, they're about eight and ten, and I live uh, down uh, by the golf course and the island, and they were swimming, and and, uh, there was a whole group of kids down there, and they were just swimming all around and having fun, and and then all of a sudden I could hear one of my grandson, I could hear Owen, he's the youngest, and I could hear him screaming and screaming and screaming, and he was screaming and laughing, screaming and laughing, and so I went over there and I said, Owen, what is it? And he had uh, caught a crawdad. I think those little pincer things on there. And he was just either happy or petrified. I don't, couldn't tell. <laughs> but anyway, he just was so excited. And, and uh, he, so we were walking back to the house. And he said, how'd you know that was me? Because there was a bunch of kids there. And I said, well, I love you. And I can pick out your voice. So about three weeks ago when Pastor Don had asked me to preach today, well, he demanded that I have a title because 
Uh, some department needed it. I'm not sure who, but somebody <laughs> needed it. <laughs> and asking me three weeks out is just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I'll give you something. I hope it's that. And so um, anyway, so I was thinking about it. I said, well, I'd been thinking about, you know, life and the kids and all what God was doing in our lives. And it just came to me about the voice. And, you know, I... I uh, God hears your voice. He can pick your voice out of, I don't know, 330 million people I think live here in the United States. He can hear your voice. That's how unique and special and just how much God is in love with you. And he can hear your voice. And so I began to think about that and I began to think about hearing my kids' voices, even even in the midst of their situations that I could usually pick them out. And I know you know what I'm talking about as, as you can too, those that you love. And so I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about the voice of God, but not in the way probably that maybe you imagined when you came. I, I wish that I would have had a sermon or could have taught you on how to hear God's voice because I need that too. But you know, uh, I just don't have formulas you know, because for my life, it's just been different from time to time. And as I get older, I look back and I think, well, that was God. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like, who was it that said, Jacob? He says, God was here and I didn't even know it. Well, sometimes that's been my case for my life. And so I thought, you know, I, I just want us to know not so much how we hear from God, but how we can recognize God's voice. There's a difference there, not just how you hear it, but you can recognize it because the word of God says that there are many voices in this earth. And the word of God says in John that my sheep hear my voice and they follow my voice. But it's a matter of sometimes with all of the life's confusions and all of life's distractions, it's learning the characteristics that we would understand about God that helps us know it's God. Not like an audible sound, you know, God hasn't appeared to me in a burning bush or, or, you know, like thundered from heaven. And I mean, I don't feel bad about that because I know when God spoke from heaven and the disciples were there, they go, what's that, thunder? <laughs> and and they, he said, no, this is my beloved son. You remember all that story. And they didn't recognize the voice of God either. But when we know the characteristics of God, when we know what he's done before for others, he'll do for us. So I have moved into the modern century and I just want to say this. I use the Amplified Bible so you could open your Bible to Judges chapter six. Now, if you bought an, brought an iPad or an iPhone, do whatever you do to make it come up <laughs> and, and use that. So we're gonna start reading in Judges chapter six. I love the book of Judges, which is a very strange book to love, but I love the book of Judges. We have a lot of wonderful people in the book of Judges and Deborah and just different ones that God called on at different times that the nations had crisis. And so here we find in Judges chapter six, verse one, it says that the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord gave them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And the Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made themselves the dens which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. And whenever they sowed any seed, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people of the east came up against them. 
Now, in some translations, it says, uh, instead, of, instead of saying, but the Israelites did evil, it says, and again, the Israelites did evil. And again. Now, this is just a, a small story in the bigger picture of God's plan for redemption. Just like your story is a smaller story in the bigger plan of God. We all fit in this big plan. And sometimes we lose focus of the bigger plan of God. We lose focus how God is moving all over the world. And, and uh, we, just, we, we just think about ourselves and we think, gosh, I've made such a mess of my life. I've, I've just had so many problems. And, and can any of this be redeemed? And so could God ever speak to someone like me? And so here we have a man a tribe who honestly, if you read back through the book of Judges, you would find out that eight times they were doing the same thing over and over and over again. They, God would raise up a judge, they would get delivered, they'd worship God, the judge would die, and then the people would go do what was right in their own sight. And how many of you know that we cannot do what we think is right in our own sight? Amen. And so they would do it again. And then they would go back and God would raise up a, a leader and then they would, that leader would die and then they would go back again and do evil. And what was their own eyes? I mean, eight times. I mean, and now here we have it again. Let's look in verse uh, 11. Now, here they are. Remember, the people of God hiding in holes. They're hiding in mountains. They're under great oppression. And now uh, God is going to raise up someone to deliver them again. Amen. And he says in verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz, the Abizarite. And his son Gideon was beating wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. Verse 13, and Gideon said, sir, if the Lord is with us, why is all this happening to us? And where are all the wondrous works of our fathers that our fathers told us saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midians. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this your might and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midian. Have I not sent you? And Gideon said, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the poorest. I am the least in my father's house. The Lord said, I will be with you and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Now here we have Israel. We see them hiding in caves and we see this one man, Gideon, who was threshing wheat in a wine press, threshing wheat in a wine press. You know, you're not supposed to thresh wheat in a wine press. In a wine press, I think you smash grapes. This was wheat that he was smashing up in a wine press because he was hiding. I mean, he was he was expecting the Midianites to come and take the little bit that he had gotten. Now, I mean, he was expecting them to come and steal everything. And it's like he'd just gotten a little wheat together, but he thought at any moment it was going to be taken from him. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like that or not. You just get things together. You just get a few, some things together. You think, finally, I've got some things together. And yet you've got this part of you that says, I think it could be the devil's going to come and take everything. Or, and so we get that mentality that if we just finally get, you know, the car paid, we finally get the, uh, the, the roof repaired, well, then the air conditioner will break. I mean, you just finally get things together and yet you have this sort of this expectation of devastation. And that's really where Gideon was. He just had this expectation of devastation. He's like, how can we do anything? I am in a wine press beating wheat. Now, when we think of this, he was in this wine press beating wheat because when you beat wheat, you know, like in the New Testament, they said that they would uh, take the wheat and beat it and the chaff, they would do it in an open area, kind of a high area, because the wind, when you beat the wheat, the seeds fall to the ground and the wind carries away all the chaff. But here he was in a hole, in a wine press, beating wheat. So he barely eked out enough for himself and his family. I don't know if you've ever felt like that or not, but I mean, you're just like barely getting by, barely making it in and something comes and it's devastating. Has that ever happened to anybody here? Eight times they'd ended up in this mess. You know, I can say that, you know, I've, I've encountered the Midianites. No, they don't live on my street in that form, Mr. and Miss Midianite. But, you know, the finances can go wrong all at the same time, or the families, or, or things in the family, or relationships. It just seems that you get one area covered, and then here comes the enemy in another area. And I'm saying here that Gideon just sort of had that expectation, because this had been a life cycle for these people. They had lived like this. This had been their cycle of life. And here they had been told this was their land, but yet they were walking in circles, hiding in caves. And so God is raising up a judge now. He's raising up Gideon. And the judges in, in the book of Judges were not judges that always said yes or no, or this is right or this is wrong. Mostly the judges were called to unify the people, to get all the people together because they had been in the promised land, but they hadn't gotten rid of all their enemies in the promised land. They left a few Amorites, they left a few Malachites. And so they'd picked up some gods from this one, picked up some gods from this one. And God is saying, no, I want all of that to be done with. I, I'm raising up somebody and I want you all to come together and we're gonna defeat the enemy. I think, you know, God has a plan for all of our lives. He wanted these people to get rid of all these things in their life because he wanted them to be strengthened so they could stand against the enemy. God called them together to remind them they had one purpose. They were called by God. They were empowered by God. They were united by God to stand against the enemy, just as we are. We are called by God. We are empowered by God. We have one purpose, to honor God. I want to say this. We are better together. Amen. We are better together. And here is Gideon. And in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this being like eight times this has happened, in the midst of him threshing wheat, in the midst of all of this going on around him, God calls him.
him. And I want to say to you this morning that in the midst of your chaos, the calling of God does not change. Hallelujah. In the midst of the chaos, the calling of God does not change. You may think it does because you may think, well, you know, God's forsaken me or God's forgotten me or, or, you know, God doesn't hear my prayer. No, there was chaos going on here, but God called him. There may be chaos going on in your life, but God has called you in the midst of the chaos. God's calling does not change. It's still there. I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I've been in times in my life in fear and insecurity or I've been in chaos and yet that calling of God did not change. And this is a life lesson for us in the middle of this chaos, in the middle of his fear, in the middle of his hiding in a cage, God found him. I don't know where you are this morning in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know if you feel like you've been hiding in a cave, hiding out from friends and families. I've done that before. I can tell you it gets kind of lonely. I mean, I've been insecure. I've been intimidated. I've had to just ask God, you know, for courage. But no matter what devastation you have suffered, no matter what chaos is in your present life, God can find you. He found Gideon hiding in a wine press. Hallelujah. It didn't stop God. Sometimes we think these things will stop God, but he didn't say it. God didn't want to use him. I mean, the word of God says in Isaiah 59, one, the Lord's ear is open. He's not deaf. His arm is not shortened. He is God and he will call us. He has a plan. Look at this overall, overall picture of God. The bigger picture of God. The bigger picture of God. Uh, we've got to start seeing a bigger picture of God. You know, I, I think about this and I, honestly, just from my heart, I just, you know, I, I just think, Lord, I'm getting older, not, uh, I'm getting better, of course, they say. What is that they say? You're not getting, oh, I don't know what they say. See there? I can't remember what they say. <laughs> now that's a sign. <laughs> so I look around me and I see young men and young women and I want to speak to you from the depths of my heart for you young men. It's, it's time. The anointing of God is there for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the chaos in your life. God is calling young men and young women to rise up and take their place in the body of Christ. To rise up in the power of God. No matter what, you know, uh, Cody quoted that scripture, you know, you can never be separated from the love of God, you know, nor things uh, present, nor things to come. It never says in there things of the past. It says things present or things to come. He's not worried about your past. It doesn't talk about your past. You are called. God has a plan for your life. I pray that you would rise up and see the bigger picture. I'm asking God to help me see the bigger picture. It's just not about me, us four, and no more. Or us 16 or 28 or however many there is in my family. There are young men here. 
God has a call of God on your life. There are young women here. God has a call on your life. It doesn't matter where you are today. What matters is God knows exactly where you are. And it has not changed his mind about you. It does, he does not change. You, you, can meet, you can meet God anywhere. One of my favorite authors is Corey Tindum. She wrote The Hiding Place. I love that book. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. But she said, she said, you know what? God met her even in the death camps at Auschwitz and Ravensbrück. God met me there. When you think about that, you think about the destruction and the devastation and the heartbreak. She said, God met me there. The calling is always there, even in your chaos. So here is God speaking to him, hiding, threshing out wheat in a wine press. And the angel of the Lord said to him, thou mighty man of valor, I looked that up just because I like to look up words. It's one of my hobbies. And he says, the Lord is with you, mighty man of fearless courage. Another translation says, you valiant hero. Now, excuse me, he was in a hiding in a wine press. It says, you strong warrior. The Lord is with you, you mighty powerful soldier. We sure didn't get that, did we? There's no proof that he was ever a warrior. No proof that he was ever a warrior. I want to say this, that natural ability, how do I say this? Natural ability is not what God is looking for. It's spiritual humility. Natural ability is not what God's looking for. It's spiritual humility. Here's Gideon. Here's Gideon. We have no proof he was ever a warrior. His way of life didn't matter to God because God called him to his potential. God called him to great possibilities. Keep your finger here and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's see some of the great things that he did in the hall of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, let's start reading in verse 32. And what shall I say further? For time would fail to tell me of Gideon, uh, to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouth of lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped the devourings of the sword, out of frailty and weakness won strength and became stalwart, mighty, and resistless in battle, routing alien hosts. This is what Gideon was called to, but Gideon didn't know that when the angel of the Lord first appeared to him. This timid guy, this guy that was filled with insecurities and timid and fear, but the crisis didn't stop God from fulfilling his promise. And your crisis does not stop God from fulfilling the promises that he's made to you. Now, we think about God and we think, oh, God is powerful. God, just look what God 
did. Look what God has done in the word of God. I mean, God, he just knocked down those walls at Jericho. He stopped the, uh, the flood of the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground and he, he, he just st- shut the mouths of lions and God is so mighty and God is so powerful. We just think of God like that and we just try to put him in a box. But I want to tell you, there's something else about God. There is something else about God that I want us to understand and to get, and it is the patience of God. The long-suffering patience of God. You see, God cannot change. God cannot stop his love from coming to you. God cannot stop his grace and mercy from flowing to you. God cannot stop his love reaching in to every situation. God cannot stop being kind. God cannot stop being good. God cannot stop being understanding and loving. God cannot stop being faithful because he's God. You know, when I was young, uh, many years ago, Uh, I asked so many questions. You know, just like Gideon, he says, how can this be? I'm the poorest in my family. I'm the least in my clan. I can't do anything. And, you know, I know a lot of us can relate to that. But he's just asking God all these questions. When I was little, uh, I asked questions. I asked questions of my Sunday school teacher. They would just like roll their eyes whenever I would have, you know, that, that response. Does, it, does anybody know that response, that rolling the eye? Oh, like that. I asked questions of my mom and I'd say, well, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? We had an old 49 Chevy. That was it. We called it Jezebel because you never knew if it was going to start or not. (laughs) And um, I should have kept that car. I'd been a wealthy man by now, I bet. And uh, I'd say, when are we going to get there? How far? When are we going to get there? Are we there yet? I mean, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? And my mom would say, if you ask me one more time, I'm going to pull this car over and spank you. Okay, you all look very innocent. Whoever's done that? I've done that. (laughs) And so I kind of grew up uh, with this kind of uh, thinking that, you know, gosh, you know, if I keep asking God those things, God's going to get frustrated with me. God's going to say, quit asking so many questions. God's going to say, stop that. I'm going to pull this universe over, young lady, and I'm going to talk to you. (laughs) But you know what? God is full of patience. You know, sometimes we put God in this little box and we want God to be like us. Now, see, I, the Bible says that I have patience because I have the Spirit of God on the inside and I have the fruit of the Spirit. But, you know, my patience, it's like a little seed when it first comes in and then it kind of grows and then we kind of go back a little bit. We shrink and then, you know, things happen and we get a little more patience, you know, and then, then it's, uh, something else happens and then, you know, it just kind of keeps growing. But I'm going to tell you something. God is patient. He's not like us. He doesn't have to say, I need a nap. These kids are wearing me out. (laughs) He doesn't say that. I'm so thankful he doesn't say that. 
I'm so thankful he doesn't say, quit asking me. I'm so thankful. I mean, sometimes my kids would ask me so many questions. I'd say at the end of the day, I'm worn out. I've got to lay down. I'm telling you, God is not worn out. God is not worn out by us. He loves us. He is patient and long-suffering. Let's turn over to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. You know, in the Old Testament, they, it was different. The Spirit, you know, would come upon them for certain jobs. But we, in the New Testament, have the Spirit of God within us. He is in us. Here we are in 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 16. No, I'm going to read starting with verse 15. The saying is sure and true and worthy of full and universal acceptance that Christ Jesus the Messiah came in the world to save sinners. He came to save sinners of whom I am foremost, foremost, verse 16. But I obtain mercy for the reason that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might show forth and display all his perfect, long-suffering and patience for an example to encourage those who would therefore afterwards believe on him the gaining of eternal life. He doesn't say he obtained uh, that God just had long suffering. He says it's perfect. It's not just good. It's just not what he can work up. It is perfect patience. Because God is patient and long suffering. Think about it this way, how patient and long suffering God is. I mean, we could go back to the beginning of time. I mean, Adam and Eve, I mean, you know, they sinned and then they had these kids and then they didn't, the kids didn't get along and then they, one killed the other and then they had another one and then they had Seth and who had Enosh and then, you know, things started to turn around and then things went bad again and then here we've got Noah. I mean, it's like 120 years. Noah lived 120 years and then here comes the flood because everybody didn't cooperate with God and then after out of that, the enemy didn't win because then along comes Abraham who came out of the Earl of Chaldees. He didn't even know where he was going. He just wanted to worship God. God said, I'm sending you somewhere where I don't, you don't know. And Abraham, he had a son and then that son, Jacob. And then after Jacob, there was Joseph because remember they had a famine and then Joseph went over into Egypt and he got, you know, all the food for the family, brought the family over. Then they all went into captivity for 400 years. You remember that? And so God raised up somebody else. He raised up Moses. Remember Moses? Moses was a deliverer and then Moses delivered them and they crossed the Red Sea and then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then after that, then God raised up Joshua, remember? And Joshua took him over because, oh, you remember all that? And then here we are after Joshua to Gideon. And then we have Gideon. And the book that comes after Gideon, the book that comes after Gideon is Ruth. I love Ruth. Remember Ruth? She and her family had some issues and then they got over into a field and she met Boaz and he was the kinsman redeemer. Remember him? And then Boaz and Ruth, they had kids and they had Obed and Obed had Jesse and Jesse had David, King David. I'm telling you and the word of God tells us in the New Testament that out 
of the lineage of King David, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ was born. Talk about the patience of God. Talk about the big picture of God. Perfect long suffering, perfect patience. You see, God sees the big picture. I mean, oh, look at First Timothy, we're right there. Let's look at the resume. Let's look at the resume that Paul had to present. Verse 13, I formerly blasphemed, I persecuted, I was shamefully, outrageous, and aggressively insulting to him. Nevertheless, I obtained mercy because I had acted out of ignorance and unbelief. But he says in verse 12, you know, we're reading these scriptures backwards. In verse 12, he says, I give thanks to him who has granted me the strength. He doesn't say who just gave me strength. Listen, that word strength in Greek is the present tense word. It's strength that keeps coming every day. He just doesn't give you strength for one day. He doesn't give you strength for one time. Strength comes to us every day. I give thanks to him who granted me the needed strength and made me able for this. Christ Jesus our Lord because he has judged and considered me faithful and trustworthy appointing me to the stewardship of this ministry. I'm telling you we look at what God called Paul to do. Can you imagine in the midst of his chaos, in the midst of his messes, that calling did not change. I mean, look at that resume. None of you probably have that resume here. We probably don't have that as our background, but God was patient through his perfect patience, through his long suffering. It came and he saved him. He pursues us. He's justified us. He's restored us. He's transformed us. And he is using us. Every time you talk maybe to a a group of friends, I mean, you know, you may have a word for them. You know, you may say, sister, I I, I know it's going to be okay. You may say, brother, God has a good plan for your life. Even when Gideon was hesitant, God used him. Even when he hesitated, God still used him. We are his instruments today of mercy and grace. He will never leave us. He will never forget us. He comes to us. He speaks lovingly and kindly to us. You know, there were times I thought, God, you surely are frustrated with me now. I would think, I've done it now. This one's too big for you. You can't can't do anything here. But I'm telling you, that is not the voice of God. That is not the voice of God. We want to know, how do we hear the voice of God? Let's look at God. Let's look that the Bible says God is patient and long-suffering. He is still righteous. He's still a just God, but he is patient and kind. And so when you're thinking about the voice of God, remember God's patience. I have patience, some, because I have the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of me. But we're not like God. He is patient. He is. Sometimes I, I just get frustrated and I say the wrong things and I know I'm not patient. But I know that I am growing because God has perfect patience. So in the midst of your chaos, remember the calling doesn't change. 
God sees a bigger picture. He is patient and long-suffering. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the word this morning. Thank you, Father, for those who are here, myself included. We need to be reminded of this part of you also, that you are patient, you are kind, you are merciful, you are full of grace and mercy. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you that you can see us in our devastation and it doesn't stop you. You see the possibilities that are in us and you are patient, you are patient. And so I pray, Father, for those here who maybe think, no, God's, God's, he, I frustrated God, God's mad at me, I've done it too many times. I pray, Lord, I take authority over the lying spirit in the name of Jesus that would condemn the people of God and cause them to live in guilt, thinking I've missed God. No, they have not. God sees the big picture. Devil, we bind you away from every person here. They will not walk in guilt. They will not walk in shame. They will not walk in condemnation. They will see today the patience of our God, the long suffering of our God, and we'll see the bigger picture as God does. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.